2: Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable
0: views. It's a fun place to golf. It's a different atmosphere. It's a really nice course. It's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado, I think. You can just see the mountains, you see the golf course, you know, kind of like Cheers. Everybody knows your name and your handicap.
2: That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls, or check them out online at raccooncreek.com
1: and Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole a left by Cole this time tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! he shoots and scars Nathan McKinnon Cole J.T. Comfer 877 goes now Gabriel Landeskog collective hugs 29 and 92 CB by Drew Bauer move over Picasso This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. The voice you're about to hear is A.J. Haefleys. It's another Monday episode, and it's that time of year where the NHL is kind of stuck in limbo, and everyone thinks it's time to start making their early predictions. So we're going to go over a little bit of that on today's show, looking at some of Sean Tierney's predictions based on his algorithms. A.J., how are you doing? I think we might have a bone or two to pick with these predictions.
0: Um, you know, overall I'm pretty good, man. I mean, it's, we're just kind of sitting around. We're stuck in limbo now. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is like next week we'll be looking forward to actual things happening on the ice. Uh, and then this week though, there's still nothing going on. News wise, nobody's playing, there's yeah. nobody out there that's like I guess the KHL preseason is going on. Right.
1: I've been scraping the very bottom of the barrel <laughs> trying to find <laughs> Kovalenko highlights from the KHL preseason. Right.
0: Like it's we're we're like at the we're we're in it's it's a weird spot because we're in the deadest of the dead zones, but we're also at the end. Right. The quietest part before the storm, I guess, kind of. (laughs) But somehow we've still got to make five podcasts worth of stuff this week.
1: Got it covered.
0: Yeah, gonna be. uh, It's it's a challenge, man.
1: It's a challenge. It is is. make a whole show out of Kovalenko and Ziravlev. Ziravlev, another name I can't say. Well, I mean, hey, Gabe Bork
0: signed today. So did he? I didn't even see that. Yeah, signed with the Jets. I saw McLeod got re signed, but Yeah. Gabe Bork and Cody McLeod signing
1: on the same day. <laughs> now the the Gabe Bork, Cody McLeod, Val Nichushkin conversation. How about that one?
0: <laughs> so let's talk about those predictions. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: so Tierney did a, a bunch of work here. I'm not exactly sure how he all sorted out, but it's based on war per minute is how he ended up ranking all of the teams in the NHL and estimating their expected point totals. We'll start in the Central Division because I get to start off with the team predicted to be last in the Central Division by just about everyone, and that's the Minnesota Wild with 85 points. It's nice to see them at the bottom. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah, it is, and then you realize that they're also – the best worst team. Of course they are. This is a central division still. That's Let's not straight, be crazy. <laughs> right. This isn't, this is no Pacific division with a bunch of scrubs that you're just like, okay. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, they, it,
0: Having them in 85 points. I honestly, one, it almost feels like that might be their best case. Um, Like that's, I could definitely see them being an 80. They feel like an 85 point team. And that's if everything goes relatively well. I mean, if something crazy happens, then maybe they're a ninety-five point team. But if something crazy happens the other direction, they could be a sixty-five point team. You
1: know, so I, I would definitely lead more to the sixty-five point side myself. It's
0: it, they're they're kind of they kind of remind me of uh, the the ABS during Patrick Waugh's tenure, where yeah. there's talent there. And so you don't want to totally count them out, but you don't really believe that they're going to put it all together and that everything is going to work out. And there's that there's never just really enough to get over the hump. Yeah. And there's, there's not that really high end and there's not, you know, it's just like, okay. Like it's obviously I'm talking about was last two teams, not the one that won the division. Right. Um, right. And and it just sort of feels like they're they are like that mid eighty like an eighty ish point team somewhere, very um, average. Yeah, like, like goaltending, <laughs> right? Like just a through and through like just a blah team.
1: Yeah i I would say that's pretty fair. It's it's interesting because he has three teams in the Pacific Division worse than them.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, he has he has only two teams that are like strong playoff teams in the coming in the out
1: p- of Pacific. Yeah, that's very true. And, and Calgary is one of them, which shocks me a little. Just kind of perusing through, and and let me just say, I, I love Tierney's work. I think his charts are amazing. But definitely, looking at what he used for this one, he really didn't seem to take age into account at all a lot of teams like Dallas. He has as the top team in the central, they picked up an aging Joe Pavelski and aging Corey Perry. And he has both of those helping that team yeah. pretty significantly.
0: Yeah. The idea, <clears throat> the idea that Joe Pavelski would help Dallas more than Nazem Kadre is going to help Colorado. Right? Exactly. Cause based on these results, that's essentially how they have, how he has it going.
1: And boy, is that arguable? Yeah, I, I would be hard pressed to find a bigger addition to a team in this division than Nazem Kadri for the Avs, just in the sense of what the team needed. Yeah. Well, and he has Nashville taking a step back
0: with right. Matt Duchesne. Yep. Which I. I'm not buying
1: certainly wouldn't maybe not a big step forward, but you can't expect a step back there, at least for me.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like it's, it's what three points. I think, I think they had a hundred point season last year. So a 97 point projection is not like a slap in the face or anything. It's, but it's interesting to me that they're all in on both Dallas and St. Louis repeating um, rosters full of guys that had
1: major outliers for their seasons last year last year um, right with it's, their careers that's a lot of faith in Jordan Bennington yeah when it comes to St. Louis he is there far and away their highest rated player as far as his war system has them rated and as we've said on shows previously if that doesn't work out perfectly it could blow up quick
0: Definitely. Um, I mean, and then that's that's the, the interesting part of the Central Division is it's it is stacked like this, uh, similar to the Metro, which honestly I don't yeah. think there's a bad team in either division. There's yeah. just a couple of teams that are blah. Um, the faith in New Jersey, by the way, is a little much for me, um, but it's. What's interesting about the, the the central is that it's a house of cards. You know, there there's so much potential for all of these teams uh, to be really really good, and you can talk yourself into the upside of each one of these teams. You know, yep. the they all have one really 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 exceptional strength where they're just loaded somewhere. And then there's there's outside of Nashville, all the other six teams, I think, have one real fatal flaw that could absolutely just sink them. And, and it could go horribly wrong and it could torpedo everything that they're that they're trying to do. And I don't I think Nashville is the only team in the central that doesn't have that one obvious Achilles heel they have the depth to manage anything. I would say, right. And, I mean, their center depth is now really good. Uh, you don't know what's happening with Kyle Turris, but you, it's fair to expect that he's probably not a, t- a 20 point player now. Right. Right. Um, just randomly, this guy who's been really good in his, his, entire career is just, Oh, now he's a, now he's a 25 point guy. Uh, I, I don't think that's a fair expectation. You know, Chicago's defense and goaltending both on paper look significantly improved, but could also be a huge mess. Yep. I mean, you're talking about a a division that has gotten that has emphasized speed more than anything else, more than size, more than grit, and all that. It's been it's been let's get faster, let's get more skilled. And they went out and they've now, you know, between Duncan Keith no longer fleet a foot. Brent Seabrook probably never was. Uh Ole Mata, Calvin Dehan, and Connor Murphy, none of those guys are known for their feet. They right. are they they went out and they got they got a talent upgrade on the blue line, but they are very much susceptible they're going to be susceptible to fast teams. They're gonna I think they're gonna get eaten alive in transition this year. Uh because they built their entire defense around bad boots. And that's, I mean, that's a ballsy, ballsy approach, especially because all those guys are signed for a thousand years. So, and, and but, but you look at it and talent wise, it is upgraded. And they weren't, they weren't that far from the postseason last year. And you add in Robin Leonard taking over for Delia.
1: And that's an obvious upgrade there. And I mean, they spent years winning cups with a system that you know what? They didn't have to play defense that often. So yeah. if you're maintaining puck possession and controlling the game, sometimes you can get away with that. You definitely
0: can. I mean, they basically won with three. De- they won their their last cup with basically three defensemen.
1: Yeah. It... it their bottom pairing was playing what five minutes a night yeah. in the cup final that year. Yeah, it they was... made such
0: a deal of chemo of team and finally getting a Stanley Cup, which what what? And <laughs> like he he played like
1: barely for them. Like barely right. for them. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty interesting. I will say that I would be a little bit jealous if I got to drink a beer out of the cup. So it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they also just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. I keep seeing it get posted all over the place, like well outside of Colorado, and it's kind of awesome. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted Kolsch Ale, but for those of you who don't know what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for the Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store. Seems like anywhere in the mountain time zone at this point, basically. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We have all of our events that we have planned up there, and we'll be Drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and come out and have a good time. All right. We've been kind of dancing around Winnipeg, who Tierney has fourth in the division. Outside of Minnesota, for me, I think Winnipeg is one of the teams that may have actually gotten worse this season, this offseason. So I'm a little curious with that ranking. I,
0: I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Winnipeg got worse. Yeah, uh, you know they lost Truba and they they gained Neil Pionk, and <laughs> and I know that there have been really weirdly some Avs fans who have been like, wow, no, Neil Pionk could actually be
1: good. You're too hard on him. And okay, even if he's good, he's not Truba. You're, you're right.
0: Like even if even if that I I end up looking bad there, Jacob Truba is still significantly better than whatever Neil Pionk is going to be in his career. So they got worse. Um, I. You know, their their whole defense really what what used to be a real strength of theirs. You know, they this was a team that not too long ago could not find big minutes for Jacob Truba on the right side because they had Dustin Bufflin, Tyler Myers, and Jacob Truba, and that right side was one of the envies of the league. And, then and now they have T- Buff and Tyler Myers Hope. kind of yeah. meh, kind of kind of wasn't the player to they hoped. Yeah. And then Jacob Trouba got a little bit better and Bufflin's just gotten older but continued to do what he's doing. But now it's got no those cats are gone. And it's yeah, Dustin it's, Bufflin and Josh Morrissey, and that's it. And you're hoping a lot on Morrissey at like, this point. You're I mean, you're Morrissey's more established than anything else they've got, really. I mean, Dmitry Kulikov plays real minutes for these guys.
1: Yeah, and you're trying to, to build an offense in front of that that we've talked about before is not getting any younger. They are in the same situation as the Avs are in in that Patrick Liney for them is not signed as is Miko Rantanen for the Avs, but they also have Kyle Connor to deal with. Yep. And I know you were in Winnipeg when – line a released that interview. And and you said it was absolutely insane in that city. Yeah. People were
0: upset that day. It was all over all of the news stations. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like these people are, these people are upset. Like they are going crazy here. And I mean, there there's major concern there, but I think when we're talking about line a and Connor, if you want to talk about why Winnipeg would be a ninety-six point team, a ninety-seven point team somewhere in that range, uh Tyranny has him at ninety-six, it's because of guys like Line and Connor. You know, Patrick Line had a really weird year last year. You know, a rookie yeah. year that's that saw him put up 36 goals, and then a sophomore year saw him score 44. He had 30 last year, but the way he had those 30
1: was so bizarre. Right. If you get uh November line a for half the season, the Winnipeg is feeling a lot better than if you get the rest of the year of line, A.
0: right? Like he was, he was a dominant player in November and then he was very, very mediocre the rest of the season. And I mean, Hey, I mean, he scored three goals in their playoff series. So there was, there's plenty of reason to believe that things will be better for line a this year. That last year was just sort of a, sort of a disaster of a year in which he still scored 30 goals. Right. But he's got to do it. You know, he's he's got to make it happen. Kyle Connor needs to take, you know, whatever steps forward he's going to take, he's got to take because, hey, th- he's got back-to-back 30-goal seasons. That's great. But
1: he needs to take
0: a leap from that 50- to 60-point range.
1: Yeah. It became very, very apparent for Line A last year that if he's not scoring goals, he's not doing anything useful. Right. And so he needs to be scoring goals and someone like Connor playing next to him needs to be picking up the slack in other areas. He does. And then, I mean, you've, you've also got the Jack Roslovic
0: question. This is a yeah. guy who just wants playing time. He wants, he wants playing time. And this is a team that has for two years in a row traded for Paul Stasny and Kevin Hayes. They've gone out and they've gotten established second line centers to try and help them out. Because it's obvious Brian Little's not that guy anymore. Uh, Matty Perot's not. You know those those guys are not able to fill those roles the way that they were back in the day. A couple just even just a couple years ago when they looked like they were going to be, you know, the Jets looked like they were going to be the handful
1: yeah, out west. Total
0: juggernaut. And not. you know now now you look at it and they you know Roslevic needs to be needs to to answer that question for them. Just if only so they'll stop trading first-round picks every deadline
1: for a guy that's going to come in and leave in free agency. Right. uh, Player retention has always been difficult for this team. And they did a great job building through the draft. And the question is now, what do they do? That they've given up first-round picks and it's amounted to uh, one Western Conference final appearance and that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and then you have a guy, you know, what do you do with a guy like Nikolai Ehlers? He's got 21 right. career playoff games and he has zero goals. Yep. He's it's, never it's scored a in 21 question. playoff games. I mean, last year he didn't even have an assist to go along with it. He was totally scoreless in, in their f- series against
1: St. Louis. Feels bad. And it- and that's always a hard question to ask too, because step one is getting to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and step two is figuring it out once you're there. Yeah. When well, like Mark Shifley is a set and forget stud, yeah, absolutely. It's fair to
0: wonder: Is Blake Wheeler going to keep this up? You know, Blake Wheeler yep. in his age thirty and thirty one season gave them back to back ninety one point years. You know yep. this. This was like a Blake Wheeler was like a forty. 50 point guy. And then he got to the jets and he put up a couple of 60 point years. The last four years though, he has totally gone to an absolutely different level where, you know, he, you know, four years ago, he puts up a 78 point season, then 74. And now back to back 91 point seasons, like, and the jets have done, you know, outside of the one deep playoff run, they've done nothing with that. Nothing with the fact that this guy has randomly, Blown up in his late 20s and early 30s and given them the best of his career. Like, and it's what are you gonna, how much longer can that, can they expect that to continue from Blake Wheeler? You know, it's, and hey, maybe it, it continues for the next three to five years. I have no idea. But if it stops, they're in serious trouble. If he's a 50 point guy,
1: they're gonna be bad. Right. It's, and I think the big factor that, excuse me, everyone doesn't take into account because you simply can't predict it is injuries. And I'm looking at a roster like Winnipeg's and saying, boy, when the injuries do hit, I don't think they have the depth to manage that. Yeah, And I I guess it, it would be fair to say that probably the most game-changing thing in these predictions are injuries because no one can predict that. So it's time to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee as well. Stravacraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so be sure to check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it, it's a done it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today, and you can get 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you can get it shipped straight to your door. It's going to do it for segment one. We'll be back in segment two, diving into the abs prediction here. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Nathan. He's AJ. Sean Tierney has his predictions out, and he has the Avs missing the playoffs. Sixth place in the Central Division with 93 points. That seems harsh, if you ask me. AJ, what do you think? It's interesting because it's a three-point improvement
0: from last year, and yet the only reason they would not be in the postseason is because they're in the Central Division. Right. Right because he's got San Jose with the third, uh, with the third Pacific division spot at 92 points. Yep. And I think that's what I, what I find most interesting about all of the Western conference predictions, all in on St. Louis uh, and Biddington and, and everything that happened out there. Uh, and then Calgary to just run it back another hundred point season for the flames. Mark Giordano is going to, going to have another dominant season. That defense is going to have everything go its way. And, uh, goaltending with what Cam Talbot isn't going to be any kind of an issue. I'm I'm just not, I'm really not sold on, on Calgary being that good. Uh, I could buy them as a top three team in the Pacific, but
1: as a hundred point team, I, boy, I don't know. Right. It's, Especially because of Giordano's age, right? You go out and win the Norris, and if he can do it again at 34, or I guess he turns 35 in the coming year, that's impressive. But in the Avs case, it is a bit interesting because, again, with Tierney's war-per-minute system, the highest-ranked player on the Avs is actually Jonas Donskoy. But right behind him are both of the Avs' goaltenders, Franz and Grubauer. And I have a couple of questions there. Uh, if Grubauer and Franz are the two of the Avs' best players, I don't see how they end up with 93 points. I'll put it that way.
0: <laughs> I guess it. I guess it depends on how good they are. You know, right. I mean if hey, if Grubauer is going to be their best player and he's going to have a 950 save percentage, they could they could get there. Well, you know, but but that would be the only way. It would have to be an unbelievable never before seen kind of season uh in order for for Philip Grubauer to be their best player and for them to have a 93 point season. Right. It it would
1: take a, a lot of problems on offense. Yeah, a lot. And there are some question marks there. We've talked about Burkowski. We've talked about Josts. If, yeah. if every bet they've made on improvement goes wrong this year, well, yeah, then maybe they're in trouble.
0: Maybe. Um, what w- The area that they've improved is that instead of having seven-point guys and 15-point guys uh, littered in the bottom half of their forward core, it's now all 20-point guys, 25-point guys. So... Maybe they're 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 able to buoy some of the disappointment if they don't get steps forward out of Burkovsky and Jost by getting continuing you know, to lean on the veterans that they yeah, had in the past. If, if Wilson and Confer and Donskoy all give them thirty point seasons, and then you know, Nieto and Calvert give them twenty to twenty five points on the fourth line and and Belmar gives them ten to fifteen points, and Kamenev gives them ten points, and Natchushkin gives them fifteen points.
1: You, you know, get by with that scoring by committee
0: type of team, yeah, play. definitely. And it's not, and it's not like the Sheldon drives like five points there. You know, AJ Greer two points in fifteen games. You know, not, not the same kind of like random scoring yeah yeah where it's like okay you know dom toninato like one point in in the two games that he played you know that kind of stuff but you're talking about like meaningful guys that are in your lineup regularly that are that give you some kind of of points yeah and that's the the building from the bottom up is kind of solidifying the bottom is kind of where they improved for sure and then along the way, they're hoping that not only did they do that, but that Jost and Burakovsky are going to give them 40-point seasons. And then you're feeling an awful lot better about, you know, they if that happens, right. if both Burakovsky and Jost give them 40-point seasons, that production effectively replaces what they lost in Soderbergh and in Kerfoot last year. And then whatever Kadri gives them is, you know, just on top of that. And then you're, you, I mean, you're feeling amazing the rest of the way. Then then you're probably a, a central contending team if all yeah. of that stuff happens. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's, that's the big question with the Avs is it could go either way. And, and the reality is it almost certainly ends up somewhere in the middle. But who's going to do what? Who's going to take the next steps? Yeah. Can we get consistency out of our goaltending and what is the defense going to shape up to be? They lost a big point producer in Tyson Berry. Right guy. now, Sean has Kevin Connaughton and Mark Barbario as the bottom pairing in this prediction. And Not that's my front runners, but.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, we really don't know what that's going to look like. Right. Re- I mean, that, that could easily be the opening night third parrot. It could, certainly like and you know we can look at that and say oh well you know he doesn't know the team as well and uh, yada yada but but it's
1: going to be whoever earns it in camp
0: right so I, well, is it is it well, even is it even
1: that ideal i mean we can hope for that yeah if it's not whoever earns it in camp i wouldn't put that pairing as my bet i'll leave it at that yeah but
0: yeah, I, uh, the Blitz, <laughs> th- how that defense turns out in camp, I honestly don't think is going to play a huge role in their success this year.
1: Right. You're, you're talking about third pairing guys and they're only going to be the third pairing guys until Cole is healthy. And then only really one of them will be in the lineup regularly. And the big difference is, is that I don't think that there's a huge talent disparity between all the guys involved in this conversation. So that's there. I, mm, if, I would say some of them have more upside, but I think, that you No, know, for sure. Floor. Like, like
0: when you're talking about like Byram or a Timmons, uh, maybe even a Graves, like you feel like, okay, well the upside, you know, two years down the road, those guys are going to be significantly better players, but you know, it's not two years down the road as of right now, who they are today as players. Uh, I don't think that there's a big difference between all these guys that are in this mix. Uh, by the end of the season, guys could have taken big steps forward. That's certainly possible. But I think they, while they might have gotten a guy or two too many, uh, I don't think that there's a huge difference between the 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 middle and the bottom of the of the Avalanche defense this year. You know the yeah. the like Ian Cole will come in and help stabilize. Uh, and, and that's, that will help them. That, okay. That'll, yeah. that'll get them better, but it's not right. like Ian Cole is light years ahead of where the defense will be at that time. Yeah. You know, it's uh, not going to be like a huge addition. It'll be a solid upgrade, but it won't be, it, you know, it won't be transformational. I, and that's where I think the abs have done a good job in building their depth this year and is really the ups- the only upside of the Nachushkin signing as well, is that they are, you know, on defense, they're 11 deep. On a forward, they're 16 deep. Almost
1: overprepared for injuries, as we've talked about. Yeah,
0: and, you know, then they'll go out and they'll have a totally healthy season and they'll lose somebody they don't want on waivers because the universe is cruel. <laughs> but it's it really is... Uh, it really is an interesting spot that they put themselves in where they've guarded against, okay, we've watched our fourth line be awful. We've watched our third pairing be terrible and kind of drag down the rest of what we're trying to do here. We're not going to do that this year. You know, the Avs went in with that mindset. Like we're not letting those units hurt us. We're going to turn those into strengths and hope that along the way, our second units and all that have, have also improved uh by by putting young and talented players in positions they haven't gotten a chance before so i'm i'm in I'm interested to see how it all plays out i think a ninety three point season is a pretty fair expectation it's a fair baseline that's not worst case scenario obviously if they miss the playoffs this year after making it two years in a row, that's a disappointment no matter how you shake a stick at it but I do think that Avs fans should open themselves up to the possibility that this year's Avs team might be a little bit worse, but the one that they get next
1: year in 2020 and 2021 will be much better. So your bone to pick with this projection would be not where the Avs are ranked, but the fact that you have teams like Chicago and Winnipeg ahead of them.
0: That absolute best case scenarios. I like Colorado's defense more than both Chicago's and Winnipeg's. uh, And I don't think that either one of them have a far, far superior goaltending situation to what Colorado has. They both have, all all three of those teams have question marks in, in goal. You know, Corey Crawford has been old and hurt for a long time now. Uh, Robin Leonard is not going to be playing in front of a Barry Trotz team or behind a Barry Trotz team and under the tutelage of Mitch Korn. You know how that happens, and and Chicago was absolutely atrocious defensively last year, even with half of that defense coming back. I mean, returning from last year's defense are Murphy, Gustafson, Keith, and Seabrook. So we could talk about a makeover all we want, but you're still talking about, you know, 60% of that defense is, is back. And those projections feel like everything went right for both Winnipeg and Chicago that Winnipeg's defense all of their defensive issues don't matter. that hella Buck and uh, and and great scoring in their a great top six got them to where they were. And the same thing with Chicago that their top six is going to be enough to carry them past where Colorado is. Even though Colorado has the best actual top line out of all those teams, they've got the highest ceiling of all of them, but bigger question marks after the after the top three in their in their team, even with the addition of Kadri.
1: Certainly, the question marks seem to be holding the Abs back on this projection. I it would is say.
0: well, and and it's the unknown of Kale McCarr. You can't project Kyle yeah. McCarr... Because you just don't know, you know. There are some people that show up on my mentions and tell me he'll be a fifty-five point player this season, and I say, "Hey, great, he'll be the first player in thirty years to do that," and it yep. doesn't mean anything to them. You know, they're just like, "Well, Kale McCarr is special," and it's like, "Hey, Rasmus Dahlin is special too," and he had the forty-some odd point year last year, and and like it's it's hard. It's just it's hard for rookie defensemen to produce that way. And it's going. That's why I say the ABS might be a little bit worse this year than last year overall. But I expect a huge step forward next year. It'll, it would be the second year of McCarr. It could be the second year of Byram. It'll at least be the first year of Byram, and that's with another year of development. You expect there to be big steps forward by some of the other guys around them, you know. And and the Burkowski and Jost questions will be answered. You know they'll they'll have. Uh, the Rantanen con right now the Rantanen contract is still up in the air, although I believe it will get done before camp opens, and you know you'll have you'll have a lot more certainty next season than you do coming into this season, and I think with all of the question marks that Colorado is facing, a ninety three point projection, given all the uncertainty, it it goes to show you that they have really moved in the right direction. That you can still that their best, that their known quantities are will give them a three-point bump over last year's team, I think is is a compliment to the team that they've built.
1: Yeah. I it's tough for me because I do see a scenario where the Avs absolutely can contend for the Central Division this season. Definitely. But As you said, it may may be better to temper expectations because it's just as likely that they're struggling and battling for a wildcard spot at best. So it's a very transitional year, I would say. It's The past couple of years, the Fs have been making the playoffs, but really they're still rebuilding and, and getting themselves up and into competitive play. And now they're in that, okay, we're kind of done with the rebuild, but can they take the next step into being an actual contender? And will that take another year to get all the pieces to fall into place? Yeah.
0: It's, it's a weird spot to be in after making the playoffs two years in a row. Right. Especially the second round last year. Yeah. Because you can reasonably there, there's enough that you can talk yourself into saying, all right, well, all the changes that they've made, all the tweaks that they've made, they aren't necessarily better this year, but I think two years from now, they're going to be one of the best teams in hockey, hands down.
1: There you go. The future is still quite bright, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I think a lot of people are certainly looking forward to it. It's just maybe, maybe might take a little bit longer than people want. But while you wait, you can order some alcohol, even from your phone. Because Total Beverage is offering 30, that's right, 30, 30, 30, 30% off. Total Beverage is giving the BSN fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. Use code BSN2019. You can use it online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. And as you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. And they have the lowest prices in the state, Plus, they now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your own home and get it delivered. Damn, dude. Cheers.
0: That's That's a $7 discount.
1: Yeah, it's nice.
0: Yeah. I, I You know, when you, you hear about discounts and it's like, oh, it's like 10% and you're like, oh, how much is that really? But like 30%, I was just sitting here listening to this and I'm like, dude,
1: like 30% is a significant amount. Like you're saving serious cash there. Right. All right. Nice. We'll get out of here for segment two. We got a segment three coming at you. We'll take a look at the rest of the league third and final segment of the BSN avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ. We've talked about the central. We've talked about the ass. We've touched on the Pacific. We haven't really dove into the Eastern conference at the top. Don't think it's a big surprise that Tampa is blowing everyone out of the water. They pretty much kept their entire president's trophy winning team together and arguably made it even better. Do you think there's any hope for anyone to catch Tampa in the regular season?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think something will go wrong at some point for Tampa this year. Yeah. Last year, it was a pretty smooth sailing for them. Very uh, true. All year long. So I, I do think that at some point something has to give, uh, with, with Tampa and, you know, I'm, they're, they're by far the best team in hockey, so that they have a 123-point projection is insane, but that's also, like, I don't know. That's It's crazy to actually think about how high that is when you yeah, think about it. It's so, I mean, you're talking about, that's a minimum, that's like 55 wins minimum. Right. That's a lot of, a lot of Ws to put on the report yeah. card, for sure. Dude, it, re- it really is. Like, um... I don't know man I'm I I think that that's that's an obscene projection and it's it's not even out of line cuz Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay but maybe you know I wonder if they if they've learned or if they will have thought that they've learned that you know full gas for the entire regular season when Uh, when you're that far ahead when you're that good isn't necessarily going to pay off after that after what happened in the playoffs last year right
1: you got to peak at the right time a little bit
0: right I wonder if I wonder if they try to they try to get cute and do what some of the great teams used to do Uh, you know like the Kings and the Blackhawks they didn't really care about winning the division they didn't really care about home ice they just said we're gonna make sure that we're we're healthy least amount
1: of effort possible. Yeah. yeah.
0: That we're healthy and that we can, as long as we make the playoffs, we, we, we believe that we can go in and do anything and in, in, in any situation. And they're not worrying about home ice. They're not worrying about any of that other stuff. They're just worrying about getting there, being energized and being healthy for the playoff run and flipping the proverbial switch, because that's certainly what Chicago used to do. You know, they were never like a dominant regular season team. They, would just go into the playoffs and just the, just do what they did at the at the highest level. Yep. Um, but they were not a team that was like, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're obsessing over the regular season and we've got to have home ice and we've got to have this. I think it's more. It, it takes a certain team to be, be able to succeed like that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, with Tampa, we just haven't really, we haven't really seen a lot of
1: that intestinal fortitude, if you will. Sure. They got stuck in neutral in the playoffs last year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, and
0: and we've seen them, you know, they get get gut checked in the Eastern Conference finals and they lose in seven. You know, where it's just like this team is way too talented to have lost to some of the teams they lost to. And yet there it is. Yeah. Well, and they keep doing it. They're, they're arguably the most talented team in the NHL the last three or four years. And they just keep finding ways to finding ways Not to even to make lose. the cup
1: finals. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly tough. And it's interesting. You, you mentioned the Metro being in a division where there aren't really any bad teams, but Tampa Bay and the Atlantic Certainly has some bottom feeder teams, but they are also stacked at the top with three of the top four teams as far as point projections go in Tampa, obviously, and then Boston and Toronto. So, you know, they're facing that top end competition on a nightly basis in the regular season.
0: Yeah. And but they, you know, they they also. You know, they get a reprieve, you know, they they. They play just as many games against Detroit and Ottawa as they do and Toronto. They don't get quite as worn down maybe, you know, and then and then Buffalo and Florida certainly those are talented teams but they've been no great shakes historically where you're just not like you're not you're just not that concerned about them. You know, Florida I think is going to be in one of the more interesting teams to keep an eye on this season. Uh, I definitely expect them to be a playoff team. And then Montreal, as long as Carey Price is there, they've pretty much always been at least competitive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely fair on that side. Interesting. Metro Prediction has Columbus making the playoffs despite the uh, bomb that went off on their roster in the offseason. It's
0: interesting. Uh, I have I have been one of those people who has consistently felt like they lost a lot, but they didn't they they weren't there's a there's plenty of talent still hanging around on that team, yeah, but I think the ninety one point projection is probably like their ceiling uh there's a lot of uncertainty in net for them but when you've got a top pairing of Orensky and Jones to go to war with every night, you're going to be competitive. Like that's the kind of thing that keeps you from ever bottoming out. And I'm kind of blown away that New Jersey
1: passes up Carolina here. Yeah. They did my boys in Carolina dirty
0: that, that I mean, considering that Carolina is such an analytics darling, I'm surprised that this is the case. Um, but, you know, there's also the uncertainty. I, I believe that there's been what's up with Justin Williams. Yeah. You know, and he was a big part of their identity last year. Uh, so it's, it's I think it's a fair question. How high is their ceiling? You know, are, are they going to be able to get the kinds of contributions that they did from the bottom half of their roster like they did last year where a whole bunch of guys kind of seemingly came out of nowhere to give them 10 goal seasons? You know, which, you know, 10, 10 goals isn't like, oh my God. But when you have a bunch of guys that that are, are contributing effectively, exactly. Like it's it's kind of like what we talked about with the Avs building from, you know, solidifying the bottom half of their forwards, right? Where you kind of build from the bottom up there. Uh, but with the Avs, they've got the super high end that Carolina lacks, at least currently. So, uh but but having New Jersey ahead of them really doesn't make sense to me. Um uh, as much as I think Jack Hughes is awesome, I don't think it's going to happen right away. And I don't think PK Subban is so dominant anymore that his addition alone will put them uh you know, put them in into a
1: this is a playoff spot, man. Like yeah. I mean, um, comparing the two the interesting yeah. thing that stands out to me is the the goaltending situation. Carolina has a Peter Mrazic that is coming off one of the best years of his career, but has been fairly inconsistent over the course of that career. And meanwhile, yeah. New Jersey is dealing with the big Corey Schneider problem of he really hasn't been very good for the past few years. Yeah, he
0: can't he can't stop Bucks anymore. And and then, you know, what do you have behind him?
1: So, I don't even remember. They traded away
0: Kincaid, so Yeah. So it'd be Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. And, you know, a bright young prospect. But that's just as that's the same kind of uncertainty as Pablo Francis.
1: Right. Exactly. Like you just
0: have no idea what that guy is going to give you in the NHL. It's all good and well, whatever, whatever guys do in other leagues. and But when you get to the NHL, it at goaltending more than any other position, it separates. In a really big hurry, who can yep. play and who can't?
1: Yeah, it's it becomes very obvious very quickly when you're not cutting the making the cut. I suppose.
0: Yeah, and then the Rangers, eighty-two point season for the Rangers. All the additions that they made between
1: Kakao, Truba, and Panarin alone, eighty-two points seem definitely. It doesn't align with putting New Jersey up there, but not the Rangers, right? Right, like what did the devils do that was so good?
0: Like they, you know, Subban for, for nothing. Uh, Jack Hughes. That's, that's great. Uh, they take the chance on Simmons. That's fine. Uh, whether or not that pays out. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I don't think it does, but I don't know. I'm just guessing like anybody else's though. And, but with, with, at least with Truba and Panarin, not even
1: accounting for the rookie and Kakao. Right. You're You've done the same thing, only better. Sleep. And you have Henrik Lundqvist behind you, who sure is getting older and on the downtrend, but nowhere near what Corey Schneider has done. Right. I
0: mean, without a doubt, though, like that dude, you know, Henrik Lundqvist is still a, the man. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, and with the Devils... You know, Gusev is also the other guy that I forgot that they added in there, but yep. he's still an a total unknown. Right. Like, well, you can feel good about him. Uh, you know, hey, you feel good that he's going to give you a 40-point season, but... Uh,
1: he hasn't given it to you
0: yet. Well, and even then, like, a 40-point season in your top six... is fine. You had better have a dominant top line going if that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And or or you better have ten guys that give you thirty points.
1: I mean, look if you're betting on a healthy Taylor Hall, that does help. Yeah, it does. But man, I'm just not. I look at their defense. Yes, PK made it better. Yes, there are guys that I like, like Severson on it. But you combine that with Schneider behind, and I just go, mm, boy, I'm not sure.
0: Well, and and like Taylor Hall's dope, but like Taylor Hall, Nico Hischer, and Kyle Palmieri is your top line. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fine.
1: Taylor Hall and two guys, basically. It's, it's
0: fine, but you're, yeah, it's Taylor Hall and two 50-point guys. Right. As a top line, and you know, before the scoring explosion of the last two years, a 50, 50 points out of your top line was acceptable. It wasn't elite, but it was acceptable. Now it's not. Now you've got to be getting 70 points out of your top line, guys. Yep. At least two of them. Yeah. I mean, your scoring has gone up so that, in, in such a way that you've got to be getting, you know, if you're going to be in a top six, 40 points is your like bottom line, like worst case scenario.
1: Right. It's, and I think the, the East has more problems with that than the West. Just looking at it, Dallas's top line can absolutely do that. Definitely Nashville's top line with Duchesne, They're certainly hoping that's the piece that makes them capable of doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. Winnipeg's top line can certainly do that. We talked about Just Scheifele. Winnipeg's second line can do <laughs> that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chicago, obviously, with with Kane and whoever you want to put with Kane can do that. Definitely. Calgary, Monaghan, and Gaudreau. It, the list goes on in the Western Conference. I'm looking yep. at the Eastern Conference. Outside of Tampa Bay, Boston, Washington, and Pittsburgh, the top four teams by a lot. I guess you could throw Toronto in there, too. But Definitely. The majority of the Eastern Conference, I'm going – Man, I'm not sure. They don't do they really have that super high end talent?
0: I mean, Florida's got a great top line, but then the rest of the roster, you're kind of
1: like, oh boy. Yeah, that's true. But you know, Buffalo's paying Jeff Skinner $9 million, and sure, he scores a bunch of goals, but he's a 60 point player, right? Right. So. You know, and I think you could get away with being a sixty-point player if you
0: can score if you score forty goals. Sure, absolutely. I I would take that in a heartbeat. That's fine because like somebody's picking up those assists, you know. But Jack Eichel's also got to score thirty, and then whatever their right wing situation is—if it's Reinhardt, if it's, Reinhard, if it's a Pozo, whatever, whoever it ends up being—needs to pick up the slack um, for sure. Yeah. Needs to also be a sixty-plus
1: point guy, minimum. Yeah. You know, of course there's a million different ways to to cut the pie, to get to where you need to be, but definitely the league is trending in a way where you can't just win games 3 to 2 anymore. You got to you got to start pouring pucks into the net.
0: Yeah, I mean you you're still talking about you you've got to get goals here. Yeah. The whole point is to generate goals. That's that's the everything. I mean that's that's all of it, you know. You need to score goals. You've gotta you've gotta be, you know, you're you're looking. Okay, 250 goals scored. That's where we need to be to make the postseason. We've gotta find a way to score 250 goals. Yeah. You score 250, you're probably gonna go. So how do we get there? And that's you know, that needs to be the conversation. Is it scoring by committee? Is it right? I mean it's, it's, it's gotta be scoring by committee to some extent because right. you know, Colorado had three thirty goal scorers last year in your top line and they needed they they scored two hundred and fifty eight goals last year. And the best line in hockey scored about a hundred of them.
1: Right. So there's hundred and fifty goals to pick up there.
0: Right. <laughs> and that, the, where did those where are those gonna come from? How are you going to generate those goals? Right. And that's, you know, that's – hey, man, that's that's why they play the games, right? That's why you build the team. That's why you have four forward lines is because that's what you're trying to get. You're trying to find your way to those other 150, 160 goals scored. And that's if your top line is, again, a, a super elite top line.
1: Yeah, it, it right. It, and that does take a lot of the pressure off, especially let's say you get 100 out of the top line, your second line – Say Cadre scores twenty five and you get twenty out of Burakovsky. Now you're already at basically a hundred and fifty. So you're asking yeah. your bottom six plus one to only provide a hundred goals for you, right? And that seems and like your defense, but, right? and Defense added in, of course, right? And, but right when you're looking at getting a number of one goal a game or less out of your bottom six, I think that's where you start to feel good. Definitely. I mean a
0: hundred goals out of your bottom twelve players, out of your bottom six plus plus your six defensemen, like you're feeling good about that, man. Absolutely. And like you're feeling good about that. If you can get, you know, a couple of defensemen to give you ten, you know, two ten goal seasons, then now you're all the way down to eighty. And then if you can get a couple of third liners to give you fifteen goal seasons, All right, now you're all the way down to fifty, and and then and then I mean at that point, man, like you're feeling real good about your chances. Absolutely. So it's I that that's that's how Colorado has to be successful. Find your way to 250.
1: There you go, magic number 250 goals. I think that's a good place to end this one off. Final thoughts? Any wild, too early predictions you want to throw out there, AJ? No, yeah, we've got prediction shows coming next week, so there you go. Save them. Look yeah. forward to, to them next week before training camp gets rolling. Definitely. We'll go ahead and call it there. Thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. we got four more shows planned for you this week, and hopefully they go by quick so we can get into <laughs> training camp. But we yeah. will talk to you tomorrow.
0: We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers.
2: Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market.
0: Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have... Preferred people to Piper and Piper to them.
2: From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.
0: They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs.
2: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 5 or go to piperelectric.com